Hi, Dr. Randy. Hi, Randy. Hi, Dr. Randy. I have a specific question. My question is... Hi, I have a question about... My question to Dr. Randy is... How do I ask for help? All right, welcome to Intentional Living, continuing throughout uh, the week, just taking your questions, talking about marriage and parenting and life and relationships. Uh, we're, we're committed here at Intentional Living to help you, to encourage you. And uh, we do know this from our experience in working with people. We live in a world that surrounds our homes and our lives with threats. We see them online, threats, and I, and I don't mean just physical threats. We, we, of course, have that in life, but... We're talking about spiritual threats, financial threats uh, to our relationship, to our marriage, to our kids today with things going online and so on. And the question is, how do we live in this world, in this 21st century? How should a Christian live? What does it mean? Obviously, we know we should follow God. We know we should read the scripture. We know we should you know, be involved in a church. At least we should know these things. But the threats continue. They don't go away just because we wish them away. Uh, they're there. It's a reality. And so how we how do we do this? We believe it's being intentional in our life, having the right goals, doing the next right one thing, and allowing the Holy Spirit uh, to um, really, you know, consume our lives every day. So you're welcome to join us. By the way, we got calls lined up, but you can join us uh, on our comment line at 888-888-1717. Derek has got us up on Facebook today, and uh, so welcome to our Facebook friends. Uh, you can post a question or you can call us at 888 Jennifer and Stephen are here as well. And uh, we're going to be getting to our calls uh, as we talk about what does it mean to be intentional in terms of questions you might have and issues that you're, you're facing. Uh, let me get started with Tim, who's first in Michigan. Tim, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hello, Tim, are you there? All right, let me go to Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. What's your question? Well, I want to know if I'm being too mean, overzealous, or demanding of my 32-year-old son. Uh, He lives with me, and he's very disrespectful. He's going to school, and he just recently got a part-time job. And I said, good, you can start helping pay some of the bills around here that I've been paying. And he says, Oh, well, I can't do that because I have bills to pay, too. And I said, you know, I said, I'm not asking you to pay an entire house payment or an entire bill. Give me some money each week towards the bills that you run up. And he said, well, I can't do that. I said, then it's time for you to move on. Here's the door. Let me show you how it works. It works both ways, coming in and out. (laughs) Doorknob still works, right? Yeah. And then he, he just treats me with disrespect over it. And he says, well, you could never live, live here by yourself anyway. You can never afford this house. And I said, you know what? For the last 30 years, I've paid everything. What has your I relationship said, like been like with your son? Well, he, he thinks he owns everything. He thinks the house is his. He thinks that the property is his that I own. And he owns everything in the house. And he's told my daughter who... Um, is uh, she's seven years younger, so she's like 26. And he told her, well, when dad's gone, this is mine, and you're just SOL. And I said, no, that's not the way it is in the will. And I said, the house and everything will be sold, the money will be split. And I said, if you want to get technical, I only have to leave you a dollar. How, how long has he lived with you? Well, my, his 
mother and I split in 2005, and I basically give up my life for both the kids. And my daughter has a boyfriend and has moved on and doing things. You know, she's never been disrespectful. We've gotten along just fine. She's helped me out with different things in the house when she lived there. But um, he, he's he been just like an entitlement to him since the divorce. Was that true before, too, when he was younger, 18, 15, 20? It's always been this way? Well, we split when he was 12. So okay. and he had started then. And I mean, I, I give up my life for both the kids. You said that twice now. I know. And it, it, it's kind of like, I need my time. I need for you to move on and, you know, quit treating me with disrespect. I okay. Mean, so what happens when you say that? Has he moved out or? No, he goes in his room and closes the door. And, but, um, I don't want to evict him right now until after the semester's over. He's got another month, I think of the semester. Okay. And he's doing well, and I, if I if I evict him, it's just going to throw him off the deep end. He's bipolar mm-hmm. and schizophrenic, and I mean, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of other issues going on. Okay, but I mean, is he I in counseling? Is he in tr- getting treatment? No, because the counselors don't know how to handle him because he tells them what they want to hear, and then they say, "Well, there's really nothing we can do if you're not going to talk to us." You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Now, are you in counseling? Are you getting help? I counsel with my pastor, and I also counsel with a Christian uh, counselor um, to one of the agencies. And what do they tell you? What do they What do they, they tell you? They said that he needs to really kind of go or get medication and counseling for himself. And he's, you know, mm-hmm. and I said, well, I've been praying about it, and um, I mean, yeah. Well, we need to pray about things, and I think, come on now, as Christians, l- listen. I'm speaking to brothers and sisters in Christ now. All right, just just the community here, those of us who are followers of Christ. Sometimes when we know we should be acting on something, we should be doing something, we should be following through, taking action, and we don't want to for any number of reasons. Come on, let's just be honest with each other for a minute here. Uh, Out of fear, out of worry, out of concern, out of guilt, you name it, what we'll say is I'll pray about it. Now, we need to continue to pray, but sometimes we've prayed, now we need to act. You see the characters in Scripture, even like a Nehemiah, he spent four months in prayer and fasting, but that guy got up one day and said, we're taking some action, and we're going to rebuild those walls of Jerusalem. And we see that throughout Scripture, people prayed, that's powerful, but they also acted. And so in your case, uh, Jeff, I understand your, your son has some issues and challenges, and you've given up your life because you want to be a good dad, and I, and I applaud that. And, uh, but sometimes being a good dad doesn't mean we give up our own life. And it also doesn't mean that we allow our children to walk on us. We have to step up and say, look, like you said, get some help. I'm I'm happy to help you get some help. But if you refuse some help, then there's nothing more I can do. But here's the line in the sand. I'm drawing the line in the sand, setting a date, setting a time, setting an expectation, and then be willing to follow through. And that's a difficult thing sometimes, especially if there's been a pattern, a lifetime pattern of being stepped on or, or ignored or, like you said, many times disrespected. And I don't think that's God's intention. Yeah, pray about it, but then be willing to act, too. I think that's powerful. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. 
Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. Are you overwhelmed by the uncertainty of life? For many, uncertainty can lead to fear and unhealthy life habits. In Dr. Randy's teaching, Intentional Living When You're Sick and Tired, you'll learn about the Apostle Paul's work with a church that exhausted and overwhelmed him and his commitment to walk by faith. When you give right now, we'll send you this teaching and we'll toss in God Hears and Answers, a book by Dr. Randy on developing a vibrant prayer life that will grow your faith and confidence in God during times of uncertainty. We'll email you this month's exclusive teaching and other intentional living tools each month. To receive the teaching and the book, call 888-888-1717 today or visit theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. Hey, listen, I hope you'll go there and check it out. Thank you for your support. Thank you for standing with us. Thank you for being a part of Intentional Living. We have one one goal here, one desire, one passion, and that is to help you all not only know Christ, but then to live intentionally in Him for God's glory and your benefit. And whenever I say that, people some, kind of, some people cringe and say, well, Shouldn't be for our benefit. You know what? If we do what God directs, figure out what pleases Christ and do it, we benefit from it in our lives. And that ain't all bad. All right. Uh, again, you're welcome to call and uh, share your your uh, your comment with us on our comment line. Just uh, go to theintentionallife.com or call 888 Aaron! Is in Michigan. Hi, Aaron. Welcome yes. to the show. What? Yes. Uh, appreciate your call. What's your call, uh, question? Um, so basically, um, long story short, my wife um, kissed the guy, which I consider infidelity. I know it's not to the most extreme, but um, um, super long story short, I was really, really intoxicated. Um, and this guy come over and actually invited me to his barbecue or whatever he was having. And I just, kind of lost my stuff and I, I made some pretty heinous decisions and actions mm-hmm. and uh, um, basically I got hit by a semi and uh, um, I had a traumatic brain injury and mm-hmm. um, as a result I'm pretty I guess you could say irresponsible I forget basically everything and it really frustrates my wife and I think because I still you know I am you know I forget a lot of stuff and that's frustrating for her because she can't rely on me for anything and it frustrates her, and I think that she was, she's not willing to forgive me for what I've done. I mean, they found me dead on the scene, and I feel like I made a deal with God and rededicated my life to Him, and I spend every day praying and reading the Bible, and I try to, you know, be a disciple for Him, by my life goal. Um, but I'm thankful for that reason, because now I'm incredibly more, much more in touch with my, my spirituality. But she's threatened multiple times, you know, show us we can go live on your own and stuff like that, and you know, she even said the other day she she's been looking for apartments or whatever. She followed yet, um, but uh, um, I know it's there. She I know she wants to, but the biggest thing for her is the baby. I, we got a three year old baby, and she's still trying to figure out what's best for her, the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's not really sure if it's better to live in a split household or live in a um 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 uh. A household that's toxic. I mean, we argue every day. Yeah. Well, let me ask and you this question. Let me ask you, Aaron, what would be, bring all these thoughts, and there's a lot of them, I hear them in your head. If 
you were to ask me one question, what would it be? What's your one question today um, in life? My one question, um, I guess, um, I mean, I pray every day that he, she, God opens my wife's heart to accept me. Um, so essentially, like, what do I do if I know my wife wants a divorce, and which I won't file because I just, I believe in divorce, or I believe in marriage much more than that. Um, and what do I do if I know she wants a divorce, she's ready for a divorce, she treats me like garbage, she's mean, she's really, really mean to me. And like, you know, what do I do if I know she wants a divorce and I don't want that? You know, like, well, I try to make her happy, but it's never enough. Well, a couple things, Aaron. I heard you say that you argue every day. Obviously, this you use the word toxic, so there's a toxic environment, a lot of arguing, a lot of disagreements, uh, probably well before the accident, well before the accident based on what you were sharing. And, of course, now you've got, if I hear you understand, traumatic brain injury, which creates another issue, another dynamic. Um, I, I, If I were you, Aaron... I would I would take my eyes off of my wife right now. What I heard was a lot about her, and I would focus on me. And I would say, "Listen, I've got a I got a traumatic brain injury. Um, I'm struggling to remember things. I'm struggling with my emotions. I'm struggling to be the person I want to be. What do I have to do? I think the question you need to ask is, what do I need to do in my life right now to become the person that God wants me to be, even with this injury." Um, do I need to get more therapy? Which is a question. Are you get, are you in therapy for yourself? Oh, I go to countless therapies. I mean, physical therapy, cognitive therapy, speech therapy, massage therapy. I go to chiropractic therapy. I go to, um, executive function therapy. So I'm in all sorts of therapy every single day. Dr. Foreman. Okay. Therapies. No all doubt right. about that. <laughs> well, um, let me just be an objective for a moment. Do you see that your wife has a reason to feel the way she does? Well, see, the thing is, like, before the accident, I was not a nice person. I was a, I was not a nice person at all. I treated her like garbage. I did. And I, I, I realized this. I have admitted to her, you know, that I'm sorry. You know, I, I treated her was not right. But the thing is that she's hung up on that and doesn't see a reason to forgive me when I have made a complete 180. I mean, I am such a, a better person. I treat her with nothing but respect, really. I mean, sure, we have our, 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 our you know, our arguments or whatever, but every couple does. Nobody's perfect. Um, but I'm nothing serious, serious. And I just... She doesn't. She doesn't want to forgive me. Mm-hmm. She, she says I don't deserve it, which mm-hmm. I don't deserve it. You know, mm-hmm. and I try to tell her what well, Jesus forgives and and all this stuff, and you don't deserve forgiveness, but God forgives you. And she says, "Don't preach to me," you know. And she's ah. Well, and I I would I would agree with her on that, Aaron. I wouldn't preach to her. You're not the Holy Spirit. She's been hurt. She's been through a lot in her life, and and of course, I'm not talking to her. I'm talking to you. If I were talking to her, I'd, I might say some things, different things. But since I'm talking to you, I would encourage you not to preach to her, not tell her she has to forgive you. I mean, that's the last thing you get to tell a person when you say, please, you know, forgive me. Now you have to forgive me. Hello. That sort of adds insult to injury in, in the relationship. Listen, bottom line, Aaron, I would continue to get the help. I would deal with the things in your life. And to the best that you're capable, I would love your wife. I would love her. I would do everything in your life in your, you know, that's possible to let her know from day to day that you care for her and want the best for her. But here's the bottom line, Aaron. If she doesn't want to be in the marriage, that's her choice. It's a decision she's going to make and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't stop it. And 
If she's gone, you still need, I tell tell you the same thing if you called and said, hey, my wife divorced me two years ago because of all these things. I would say continue to work on yourself. Become the man that God intends for you to be, that a woman be crazy not to want to be a part of your life. That your wife would be crazy to be leaving you because she would see in you such a, such a change and such a, a man of God that she says, I want to be a part of this man's life. She may not choose to do that. And uh, it's very difficult, and I, and I feel that for you uh, in your marriage, Aaron. Uh, but uh, pray for your wife, but focus on your own stuff. We're talking about issues in life today at Intentional Living, and uh, we'd love to have you join in. If you have a question, you can share it on our storyline at 888 Yeah, Randy, I'd like to uh, ask you to address a uh, situation. My wife left me after uh, 22 years of marriage, three kids. Two of them small right now, and even though I was as, probably as unhappy as she was in the marriage, I didn't want it because I believe that um, marriage is a covenant between us and God, and was committed to that. The question I have is about forgiveness. She married uh, a lifelong best friend of mine of 33 years. Those two uh, are under the uh, impression that uh, it was God's will for them to uh, leave me behind and then marry each other and uh, take my two kids. I'm having a hard time forgiving them and don't know what my responsibility to God is in this situation. So I'd appreciate you commenting on the air about that. Thanks. Bye. You know what? I, If I had any prayer, it would be, God, give me a, a magic wand that I could wave over people and solve all their problems. Um, and it just isn't that easy. Even living in, you know, the intentional living model, which we believe, we believe will make a big difference in people's lives. Sometimes it's, it's kind of like the pit gets so deep and the issues are so intense that uh, we tell people just stop digging and take the next step in the right direction. God is a God of forgiveness and healing. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And while there can be scars in our life, from past decisions and so on. God is still a God of healing. And I am convinced if you get on the right path, start making the right decisions and bring around yourself that kind of accountability, some good things can happen in your life. You cannot change another person. You cannot change an ex-spouse. You cannot change a spouse who's not happy, who doesn't love you, who doesn't want to be in your marriage any longer. Um, you can't change a child who's making decisions that they want to go in a different direction. I, call, I, I talk about the three-foot rule. Take a three-foot uh, rug and stand on it right in the middle, and that's about as much control as you have, just far enough that you can reach. I can't change you. You can't change me. Um, only God can do that in our lives. And learning to be intentional in those areas is a powerful part of that uh, decision. Tim? Welcome to Intentional Living today. Appreciate your call. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, thank you for taking my call. What's your question? Um, so you single-handedly helped me so much through uh, a, a long marriage and raising some kids, and you, you just give fantastic advice, and I appreciate it. Thank you. 
But well, as does Family of Radio. I mean, it's just incredible asset to a family. Amen. But something sometimes there's demons out there that get a leg up. They they have leverage that you just can't conquer, and especially when it's other people's demons. And mm-hmm. so our our marriage our marriage has ended, mm-hmm. and I would still you know I I don't ever want to see merit, divorce contagious. I still would encourage anyone to. Keep working. Keep doing what you're doing. Do something. Um, but that being said, how do we go back to the church? The church, you know, we don't mean to, and I'll speak of myself when I say church. We don't mean to, but we do judge. We did side. Mm-hmm. So and you're saying it's in way, your church. People took sides with you or, or with your ex-spouse. Sure, sure. And mm-hmm. isn't that just human nature, right? Yep. Um. And that's somewhat our fault, too, because what do we do when we go to church? Not only we put on our best clothes, we put on our best facade. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we hide everything. We can't actually be honest. But things were said. Things were done. Um, how do you get to go back? How Does that just take time? Is there a process someone should take? Should you know? Where do you want to start? How long have you been divorced? Just a year. And you both go to the same church? She moved away. She moved away. So what is it that concerns you when you go back to the church? Is it reality or is it a perception? Well, there's a lot of the church that doesn't even know. Yeah, it's perception. Um, there's a lot of people that don't even know. Of course, you, then they're going to say, hey, where's your wife? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. Very difficult. Do you have a support group? Are you in a divorce recovery group or a support group for yourself? I have uh, two or three men that are Christian men that are very important to me. We talk regularly. So, yes, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. So when you go to the church and you're sitting there, you feel like a spotlight's on you when people look at you? Um, okay, so the the basis of the whole thing is I was in leadership of the church. Mm. A year or so before this, and even the re- a retired pastor sent me a nice email saying, how can you do this? This isn't even biblical. And, you know, here we are, we're not to be rebellious, but actually his exact words were, it's not in my Bible. Well, my knee-jerk was to tell him, you need a new Bible. So let me ask you this. Are you in, are you in conflict or disagreement with the leadership in the church? Um, I would say no. No. I mean, there's just a few. Okay, if you're going to be honest, you're almost always in conflict with leadership of the church. It's something you need to continue working on, right? I mean, nothing's, we're we're humans doing this religion thing. We're going to make a mess of it. It's a constant tweaking, isn't it? Well, yes, in our own life, but I don't know about being in, in disagreement with our leadership on an ongoing basis. Um, now, as a pastor of the church, have you sat down with your pastor and oh, uh, yeah. talked through? Yeah, and is yeah, he, things is, are fine with the And you're on the same page? and okay. Yeah, yes. Well, you've been a leader. What do you think? What should you be doing? You can't change your ex- you know this, Tim, if you've been in leadership. You can't change the people in the church, and you can't change your ex-spouse. What do you think you should be doing? Right now, and, and I'm 
I tend to be an aggressive person in, in business and life and such. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm doing one of the hardest things there is to do. I'm just hiding out. I'm just waiting. Because anything I've ever faced in life that I thought was going to cripple me or that this will be the end of me. You know, six months later, it's not that big a deal. One year later, nobody even remembers. You know, think, time changes a lot. But this has been a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you mean hiding out? You just go and come? Or come and go? Is that no, what you actually, mean? actually, socially, uh, in all, you just talked about the three-foot rule. I, I say that one quite often. I can't take care of. I've had to really retreat myself. Um, I'm no good to anybody else if I'm all beat up. So I've just been. What are you doing to take care of yourself? Oh, I have rekindled a personal relationship with our God that's I haven't had since I was a teenager. Mm, that's good because because there hasn't been the the just spirit of depression on me from her. Yeah. Well, Tim, I, I, you know, as a brother in Christ, I mean, you're smart. You've been a leader. Sounds like you've spent a lot of time in this last year doing some growth. Um, I've not been in your situation. If I were, I, I think I probably would get with that group that I trust. You said there's three or four men if they're godly, because sometimes, let's face it, just three or four people who are off base aren't going to help you. <laughs> You get group thinking going the wrong direction, but the three or four right people around you, and I would I would submit to them. And what I mean is, guys, I want to grow. I want to do what God wants me to do. I don't want to be an obstacle to this church, to the fellowship in this church, to the leadership in this church. I want to grow, and I want to be accountable to you. I want you guys to be able to ask me any questions you ever want to ask me. Uh, confront me on anything that needs to be confronted so I can be accountable to you guys. And if your pastor's one of those, that's that's great. That's fantastic. In other words, I would really focus on growing your own life because you're really saying, you know, how do you return to the church? Hey, listen, um, you know how you return? You become and you be the person that God wants you to be and realize that there's going to be some scars. You've been through a difficult situation. You were in leadership and then divorce, people taking sides, like you said, People may not know the whole story, and frankly, it's not their business. It's not their business. You don't have to justify. You don't have to explain. You don't have to. But to your group, you do. To that support group that you put around you, be honest, be transparent, take responsibility for your part of it, and um, at the same time, have that honesty in that relationship. That's really what I would recommend, Tim, um, if I were sitting down with you for coffee today. Uh you know, the guys can ask you anything. How you doing? What are you struggling with? And like you said, you're 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 the kind of guy that wants to get things done, probably likes to control things, and you can't control all this. You can't control what people think about you. There's people that think certain things about me, about our ministry, that I have no control over. All I can do is try to be faithful to the Word and uh, uh, live my life in a way that brings pleasure to Christ and uh, realize He's a God of forgiveness. That's the good news. Thank you, Tim, for your confidence and calling for each of you. Thank you for your prayers for intentional living. we got to run. Thank you for uh, standing with us. Get into God's Word. Allow His Word to speak to your life. Bring glory to God. As a result, benefit to those that you love around you today. I'm Dr. Randy for our Intentional Living team. Have a great day.